the smooth flavor of Marlboro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you enjoy your Zippo. Why do you have a Zippo? I have a Zippo because I have a fireplace. <laughs> I figured, no, seriously, I've always wanted a Zippo lighter. I love the smell of Zippo lighters. Mm-hmm. It costs like $9. No, Zippos yeah, are, 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 are cheap as dirt. But yeah, now that I have a fireplace in my new little basement apartment, <laughs> I'm like, fuck it, I need some fire in my life. <laughs> nice. All right, friends, hi. Um, uh, welcome to Boy Howdy. Um, I'm Bill. I'm... Or I'm... I'm <laughs> pantomime smoking then i pantomime drunkenness welcome to the boy howdy podcast i'm bill (laughs) i'm annie and uh this is our podcast where i'm confused all the time Uh, no this is our podcast where we talk about things that we like while we exist in bill's basement stuff that is fantastic Annie's wearing a nice new uh modern no mass effect shirt this is the stupidest thing i've ever bought did that just <laughs> did that just show up just the last couple days? Yes. So like um before PAX actually, I was like, I'm gonna have a Garish shirt for PAX because I'm an idiot. Do they have Garish shirts? They do. They okay. totally do. Now I own one. But so I ordered a Garish shirt. We named our car the Normandy and they, oh, and they sold that. a little model yeah. of the So I ordered a Garish shirt, I ordered the Normandy model, and then I or- there was like they're like, Oh, we have these cotton button up shirts with N seven logos on them and I'm like, That's adorable, I'm gonna buy that. But I didn't know that the shirt and the the model were both pre-orders, and that they don't ship until everything is there. So I just oh, got so your order just I got my I got my shirt for PAX a week ago. Aww. So I didn't get to wear a pack. Next That's year's nice pack, so I'll shirt. have a Garrett shirt. No, this is the stupidest shirt. So I got this woven, like, this knit shirt. It looks kind of like, like the a N7 logo. No, 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 no. Girl. It looks like I'm going to wear this to, like, um, uh, 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 I can't think of a goth You look like you should be pumping gas. It doesn't look this bad. This is like a shitty punk t-shirt. You have a t-shirt. weird idea of what punk clothes are. <laughs> no, no, no. This it's is like it's got lace on no, it. No, this is a Hot Topic punk shirt for bros. That is exactly what this is, with the little epaulet and the little, the sleeves that were pre- Rolled oh, up. actually, no, with the sleeves. Yeah, no, this that is, is totally that is goth. shitty goth. It's got weird straps on. Yeah, yes. you look slightly Final Fantasy ish today. I do. Yeah. Oh, man. But it looked like Final Fantasy clothes that I purchased at the mall. <laughs> no, it's an awful shirt, and I spent like $30 on it. Are you going to get that? Well, like I said, I was talking about the there's the $80 Mass Effect art book. Are you going to get that? I don't know. I love I own the first one, so that's kind of like, are yeah. you going like, I don't know. I, I love Mass Effect, and I love Matt Rhodes, and I love all that stuff. I would totally buy it if it were all, like, character and armor drawings. I love their environmental drawings, yeah. but I don't necessarily want to look at That's how a big book is supposed to be, like, comic art and stuff, too, and I don't care about the comics that much. The comics are... Says the guy who... <laughs> no, 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 here's my thing. In a perfect fantasy world, what I want for Mass Effect is enough of these black backstory comics, because I've read them all, and I don't really... I didn't not enjoy them, but yeah. in a perfect world, I want them, because they're all these great the fan artists. I want an anthology. I want a curated anthology where they go to all these nerd artists and let them tell little stories, like the half-Krogan bartender. What um, they... Yeah. Uh, yeah, the sorry bartender, like and like just like shit There's like that. There's a half-Krogan, half-a-sorry bartender? Yeah. She's one of my favorite characters in Mass Effect. Yeah, there's an, the oh, Asari bartender. The well, no, when you're Asari, your 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 father or mother can be oh, any that's right. I forgot about that. So she's like, Krogan. I remember talking to her, but it's not like she's got yeah. like a giant like turtle head or anything. No, no. you know what I want is a uh, <coughs> fuck these 
art books. I want a Mass Effect encyclopedia that could be laced with comics. I think or they're working like that. on that, but it's going to be like all the codex entries and shit. But not the codex. That's fine. Whatever. I'm willing yeah. to read that. Uh, in fact, yeah, actually, having something like that, if it were on the streets before Mass Effect Three came out, would actually be a really smart idea. Did I you... think they're doing this. What well, did you see? They have one the, for Assassin's Creed that's coming out. I love Assassin's Creed, and even I'm not Mytholo- going to buy that. Yeah, mythology of Assassin's Creed is bullshit. Who it's all hysterical. Who bothers? Like, let's be honest, they don't know what they're doing. Oh, exactly, exactly. The, the, the focus of, that, of, that, of those games, that whole franchise, changes from, from year to year. All I want to do is be a dude doing parkour through history. That's all I want from Assassin's Creed. I thought I was excited about their world and their mythology in the first book when they were just hinting They've at it. They've watered it down so much with these last three games. It's not even watered down. It's just that I'm genuinely not, not, interested. I'm not, interested. I'm not interested. It's just not interested. I'm not interested. Who's Matt Rhodes. Speaking Matt of Mass Effect art, he is a badass artist from old times. You, he was totally like a um, a like a minor internet celebrity. Yeah, I remember um, hearing the like, name. Uh, yeah, but, but no. He's anyway, the guy he's, he's kind of like he's designed a, this. Uh, well, he's stuff, a concept right? art at, okay. at Bioware, and yeah. he's a good egg. You should look at his drawings. They're no, like I've happy. got the original concept art of Mass Effect. I just remember. Yeah, okay. Just for the audience at home, I just wanted you to iterate. Reiterate. <laughs> I know honest on the internet. I'm just asking for other people who don't know who he is, like Bill. I'm just saying. Um, so, yeah, what else has been going on? Um, not a whole lot. What have you been, pl- yeah, you been, what playing? Have I been playing? I don't want to say we're playing because this is a general all culture geek no, culture No, but let's podcast. be honest, Bill. What do we do with every time we play video Have you been reading any comics? No. <laughs> no, I've been playing Dragon Age. I've been replaying the first Dragon Age, actually. Again? Still? Well, I only played it the first time, and then I kind of put it down. In fact, just this morning, I was ambushed by Zevran. You don't care. You've never played Dragon Age, so I'm just going to tell us for the audience at home. I don't like Zevran. And I was just, there was a moment where they're like, so he he's an assassin, and he's sent out to kill you. And you kicked his ass, and he's laying on the ground, and you have two options. You can either, you know, um, resuscitate him and talk to him and find out why he was sent to you, and then he could join your party. Mm-hmm. And in fact, if you're a man, he's a love interest. He's the gay love interest in the game. Um, but, or it's like, or you can just kill him. And I just kind of looked at my girlfriend and I said, should I? Am I going to do this? And she's like, do it. And so I killed Devin. <laughs> I killed Devin. Do it, you bitch. It was really exciting, actually. So, so that's nothing happens after you kill him. You just end up well, this, dead this music it. starts playing. And it's like, oh, you fucked up, son. Because he's a, he's a major <laughs> protagonist. Like, he even shows up in the second game. Oh, yeah. But he won't in mine. Because now he did. Now you can't marry Excedrin. Yep. Um, uh, <laughs> Wait, who's your character? In, in this playthrough, it is a, a, uh, a guy named uh, Matthew Kuzland. What? He is a, a real name. His, well, you have the surname Kuzlin because you're a real Kuzlin. That's his. Don't make that face. It's a fantasy world. Kuzlin. What surname would you have your fantastic character be? Chicklets Biggletot. <laughs> <laughs> well, who can argue with that? What have Kuzlin. you been playing, though? Oh man, uh, I played some Uncharted uh, multiplayer shit just a couple no. hours ago, just for shits and giggles. That was fun. I was tell- like, I, I was telling you guys before the podcast started. Uh, I got my ass repeatedly kicked throughout several games by someone who was playing as Elena Fisher. See, and, that's uh, canonical. I know, seriously. It's not, it's not wrong. And uh, whoever was playing as Elena had her, like, little, like, I guess you can do high fives and shit whenever yeah, you like get killed. Yeah, like your taunts and Yeah, stuff. the taunts. And she was all, like, super sassy, Elena. She was like, oh, yeah, fuck you. Oh, shit. And so that was kind of funny. I would play the Uncharted multiplayer if there was a fuck you button. I'll just say that. Especially playing Elena. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I was kind of doing that. Uh, mostly, actually, the last couple of days I've been kind of sick, as you might be able to tell from my, the sound of my voice. 
Uh, so I've been kind of combating that. I mean, I I kind of wish I had saved uh, Uncharted for getting sick. Because uh, nothing is better than being sick and have nothing else to do, but then you can play video games. And yeah. It's, it's an excuse to do nothing but play video games. It's too bad you weren't sick for Skyrim. I know! I If I could have just waited until this weekend. Yeah. Uh, which is funny, because like, it, it still amuses me the fact that I'm even thinking about getting a uh, Skyrim. A, as we record, it is Wednesday afternoon. Skyrim doesn't come out for another couple days. The only reason, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm being sucked into the cult of Skyrim. I like Oblivion yeah. well, uh, well enough. I liked uh, Fallout. But, like, I'm kind of surprised at how many people are going batshit crazy for Skyrim. Because, like, yeah. Oblivion was popular. I didn't think it was that popular. Because, like, even when they first announced Skyrim last year... Uh, at the at the VGAs, like everyone like shit their bricks. I have to and, admit, like, I don't quite get it either because yeah. I I did not really like Oblivion. Because the world of Oblivion is very generic fantasy world stuff. It's not like there's any story or characters that are really that interesting in Oblivion. Uh, but I, I feel I feel kind of like I'm betraying my friends and peers though because I lo- I know I have so many dearly loved people who are ape shit for yeah. those games. I, it's, like uh, my coworker, my coworker Grant, who's my Uncharted buddy, he actually is taking off for two weeks just to play Skyrim. What? I'm not kidding. Did he like Oblivion that much? Oh yeah, he pe- he played Oblivion. He he has he has to 100 percent completion. He has all thousand achievement points for Jeez. Oblivion. You know what's for that? Oblivion? I'm kind of surprised. Like talking with Emily Carroll online, she's. Uh, she's all ramped up for a Skyrim, and she like barely played Oblivion. But then she, I could see, but she played a lot of Fallout, and I can yeah. really see. See, so, I, I also immerse myself entirely in Fallout. You know why I'm, you, you know, honestly, at the end of the day, why I'm hesitant about Skyrim? Because uh, I know every time you enter a cave, you battle, like, 85-foot-tall <laughs> spiders. <laughs> oh, I didn't think about that. And I it's, told Foley, I'm like, Foley, you're going to be my ringer for this game. You need to prepare yourself for that. It but, is a medieval fantasy game, which means there's going to be tons of spiders. Have you seen, is it confirmed there's tons of spiders? Oh, yes! Oh, God, yes! It's front and center in the trailer. I mean, the thing you know is, though, I can do whatever I want, because I control my character. Well, my character never goes under that's yeah. what I decided. I decided that you're my the, character you're the day walker. is afraid. Yes, my character is afraid of the dark. <laughs> and um, your character has a lush tan. Have you seen the? Lose. Have you seen the adorable Skyrim character sheet? Oh no, I can't remember. I don't know anything other about Skyrim other than it's got dragons. Just <laughs> Justin McElroy's got a giant boner, thirty feet tall for the game, <laughs> and that is really it. I know nothing. Oh, I guess in this game you can choose to play as different races and shit. Well, you could on all the other ones too. Oh, could you? Yeah. Uh, see, that's that shows you how much I played of the first. You can be a kitty cat. You can be a oh, lizard you can person. You can be. Um, what are you gonna play as? I don't know. Whoever is most likely to be afraid of the your dog. inner furry is totally gonna play as a kitty cat. <laughs> Shut lizard. up! No, you're try- you're gonna try to become Garrus by playing as a <laughs> kitty cat lizard offspring. <laughs> um, it's kind of Garrus. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, you were saying. I can't remember. But yeah, no, it's funny that like I like I'm gonna buy Skyrim just because like I want to be part of the conversation with everyone. everyone That's kind of where can, I was, and like I feel even with Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed, the next one comes out on Tuesday. Yes. I think that I'm actually excited about. Old Ezio, I'm excited about. I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually more excited to play Assassin's Creed just because I have more like like you have a vested interest to some degree. Yeah, well, also Assassin's Creed is great because like those the, the world uh, those worlds in Assassin's Creed in, oh, I can't even speak in Assassin's Creed are so fully realized. I keep yeah. on saying this, but it's the closest thing we have to a like a virtual reality holodeck. Yeah, it's a simulator of the past because like they do such a good job of recreating the past yeah. that it's fun just to explore those environments. Yeah, I can really care less about the combat and and even the story. 
But, uh... See, I... I but that I would think be the story's over. bullshit, but I love Ezio Auditore di Frenzi. Yeah. He's one of my favorite video game characters of all time. He's and gotta he's just, die at the end of that game. Well, he does. It's the end of his story. He dies. He's gotta die. He's a million years old. He dies. They might have him right off into the sunset. I'm just talking he about dies. they actually end up He dies. He's gonna die. And I'm, you know what? I'm sounding all stoic and brave now, but I'm gonna cry like a little bitch because I love Ezio Auditore. We've seen his entire life. Yeah. Don't we see his birth? Yeah, no, that's... that's You're getting an achievement for being born. That was great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was the best part of Assassin's Creed 2. You start off and it's like, I will go my foot. My baby foot. <laughs> and it's like, that. that's how the game starts. That was great. Oh, oh man. Ezio. I love him. I, we got an action figure, a really nice action figure of Ezio. It was like $50. I do not regret it at all. It is beautiful. Oh, you might want to get a... Uh, you might want to get Assassin's Creed on the PlayStation 3 because it's got the motion uh, kind of stuff in the six axis. Yeah. Because maybe the last thing when you, you die as Ezio, death rattle, you have to shake the controller. <laughs> I don't like your <laughs> joke. <laughs> no, but it's funny. I don't I'm like not... your death of Ezio joke. <laughs> Take it back. <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's funny because Assassin's Creed, you know, it's going to be over like, everyone will play, you'll beat it in like eight hours. And everyone else will beat beat it in less than a week. And after that, everyone's going to go back to Skyrim flip. Like yep. Skyrim is going to be the thing everyone's going to be talking about for the next couple of weeks. We are recording again, right? Yes, we are. Just want to make it sure. has not died. The computer's um, not died. Yeah, um, no, I know that I'm the only person who's excited about Assassin's Creed, and I do include the developers of Assassin's Creed in that <laughs> in that reckoning. But I just I love I love them. That's why I'm always tempted to buy my own copy of Assassin's Creed, and not just borrow it from you guys, because that way we can play both at the same time and talk about it. Otherwise, I really like the part where I jumped and climbed on the thing. Did you jump off the cliff? I did too. It might be one of those things where, like, you'll buy it and play it and beat it all on Tuesday. I'll I'll borrow it from you on Wednesday and beat it, and then we'll talk about it on Thursday. (laughs) There we go. Next week. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Oh, that's the other funny thing because I'm like, oh man, I should buy Assassin's Creed so we can both talk about it in time for next week's podcast. Oh, it's adorable. Look at us. Oh, that would that would assume that you would beat like the whole game in less than a day and a half. Yeah, I don't don't know if I'm going to mainline it. If for no other reason than I mainlined Uncharted, and I don't regret that, yeah. but it totally gave me, like, well, a gaming nothing. hangover, and then I was done with it. Uncharted? I had, yeah, Uncharted. I had sucked all the juices from it. I'm interrupting you. I'm like, here, yeah. I'm going to shit a No, I, I, I sucked all the juices from it, and then yeah. I miss it. I'm, I have been thinking about Uncharted so much. I miss it so badly already. Oh, yeah? And it's funny that I was like, I want them to do not to do another Uncharted game, when really, now that I've been thinking about it all week, I'm like, no, I want a billion trillion Uncharted games. I found out. Did you know that Golden Abyss is being developed in Bend, in Bend, Oregon, really? like down the street. Yeah, yeah, like within the neighborhood, close enough that I could go. How far away is Bend? <laughs> is it like just an like hour a couple, away? Just like an hour, like oh, a couple hours away. Shit. Close enough for me to go and insist on being included in the game as Drake's we'll have secret to find best out. Next friend. Time Amy Henning has to go down there for like secret meeting. And have just... you seen the trailer for it though? No, like, I've the not character, been the two characters that they have presented. Are. It's not. It's not Nathan Drake and. Well, it's 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 Drake, but then it's like Chicky Poo and Steve Buscemi. I swear to God, the t- there's this dude who looks like Steve. Buscemi. Well, I wonder because yeah, it's uh, it's not being developed by Naughty Dog. Yeah. I wonder if uh, at it's least it's not necessarily intrinsic. They're bad. writing the at least the story. I, I, don't I would think assume so. Amy, Amy Hennig. Ha- I would assume she probably has something to do with the plot and everything like that. Not know. to say. Well, then again, I mean, I, I thought the writing I miss in Drake. Assassin's or uh, Uncharted Three was kind of the weakest part of that. Game, I miss so. Drake. Shut up. I miss Drake. I miss, Drake. I miss him. I miss his. This morning, Foley and I were talking about Drake at length, and I'm like, it'd be great if Drake grew. 
Sully's mustache. And so I was all freaked out. I, I, I get closest to fanfic with Uncharted than I do with any other thing. Yeah. Like, I am glad I have too much self-respect for to be part of fandom anymore, because if I didn't, I would be all over that shit, like, stink on a pig. Yeah, you're lucky you're not 12 and playing these <laughs> exactly. games with access to the internet to, exactly. uh, to humiliate yourself. Um, Speaking of fandom, do you want to get into this week's subject matter, Bill? I got shit to talk about! What are you going to talk about, Bill? What, you, so you like, that's it. You haven't been reading or playing or watching TV or anything else no, like that? No, my day job has been kind of stressful. You guys haven't so... been watching any interesting movies? No. I just want to talk, like, no, okay, so I have been. <laughs> what have you consumed, Bill? I really haven't been about? playing anything since Uncharted. I have been reading a uh, new Stephen King book came out on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, it's time travel. Mm-hmm. It's a dude goes back and tries to stop Kennedy assassination. I've only read the first, like, hundred pages. It's okay. Yeah. I've only gotten to the point where he... he he uh, tests time travels back to 1958 real quick. Yeah. It's kind of, whatever. And uh, reading Steve Jobs' autobio, it's okay. It's, Steve Jobs did this. He had a soda. Steve, Steve <laughs> Jobs. Steve Jobs a really good soda. Steve really... Jobs was adopted. He was sad about being adopted. Was he adopted? Uh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And then he also, then he had a kid out of wedlock, and then he kind Uh-oh. of ignored that kid. So he's kind of paying it forward for being a dickhead. Yeah. Um... I'm watching Deep Space Nine. Maybe there's a reason why we don't talk about anything in the video games. We're watching more Star Trek. I watched the Star Trek. I watched the worst episode of Star Trek. Oh, yeah? It was the episode where um, Bajir and (laughs) O'Brien go down to the planet because the leader of the Bajoran um, uh, tribe is sick, and he he fights off the smoke cloud thing that comes from the forest. Is telling stories or something? (laughs) Yes, the storyteller. However, this episode, it's all, it's basically all O'Brien being put upon. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's, that's a big thing with Deep Space Nine. Well, no, and I realized watching that episode that in an alternate world, I want to watch a Star Trek where um, uh, O'Brien is played by Louis C. Okay. <laughs> that's that's almost already there. I know exactly. Like, just in that me. whole episode, because I was thinking very specifically about Louis C.K. in um <laughs> in, in Parks and Rec. He shows up in Parks and Rec. He needs this very sweet but put upon police officer, and I realize that his performance is pretty much indistinguishable from O'Brien. There should be all man. I just want to recast all the D Space Nights with comedians now. Maria Bamford has already been a majority. <laughs> I know she can play Major Kara. <laughs> For people at home who have not heard this, Maria Bamford does this great. She has this. Is that on one of her albums? She she it was a job. She, no, but like she, she talks about this. Is this? Yeah. Like, did she go on NPR? And talk about she was. This? On, it was on some radio show. It may have been the Sound of Young America. But she talks about how she used to work at the Star Trek bar in was it Las Vegas, I the Star so. Trek Experience, and she played a fucking Bajoran. For like she knew six very little months. about Star Trek, so yeah, her, so she had her back or, story was just that of um, uh, Anne Frank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she the one because when they described it, it was like, okay, you're Bajoran means you're a Jew, essentially. <laughs> and so it's yeah. Anyway, like if you just Google like Maria Bamford's Star highly Trek, recommended. It's you'll, it's like this 15 minute story of her pretending to be a Star Trek character. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, what you get Dave Chappelle as uh, as no as no no Cisco. what's his name the dude who played um uh uh. uh Negradamus would be Cisco. Oh yeah, pa- Paul Mooney. Paul Mooney. <laughs> Paul Mooney would be great. He not Are you shit. looking at me fully for saying that <laughs> word name out loud? It was the what? character's no, name. That's, that's <laughs> the most famous skit. Um, yeah. No, Paul Mooney would be Cisco. Who <laughs> <laughs> would be Odo? Ah, Tom Waits. <laughs> I don't know why. It's not that he's a comedian, but like, he'd just be singing by himself. Oh God. Patton Oswalt would be great. Odo. No, Pat Oswalt would be um, what's the doctor's name? I just said his Bashir. Pat Oswalt would be Bashir. No, Pat Oswalt would be Quark. Yeah, he would. That's what I was saying. The short little troll man. Just, just. Oh, 
oh, this may be the most dirty conversation I've ever had. Yeah, okay, and then I've been watching Marlin with Joshin Bahar. <laughs> Why? It's cute. <laughs> it's got what's his name from Buffy in it. And I, that, that just always happens. Oh, it does to have me. it has does have Tony Stewart head in it, doesn't it? Yeah, they're always just watching it. So I go upstairs and it's cute. I hate. It is no worse. Arthurian than... legend. I hate Arthurian legend. Oh, this is funny. I hate it's Arthurian totally, legend. Like, Smallville. This Arthurian we, we legend. Spill into our subject matter this week. I hate Arthurian legend because um, there is a um, street fight that only I'm involved in. No one else is. Between Arthurian legend and Robin Hood, because if a, anyone is going to riff on English mythology, it's. Um, Arthur and Arthur has had all the classy media and art spun Which is out weird because it. Arthur's just bullshit anyway. It never spawned from any kind of like it doesn't have any interesting context to it. Well, not that Robin Hood does either, but more uh, to the point, like there's all this good art that it, there's a lot of crap art, but there's a lot of good art that has come from King Arthur, and there's nothing but shit art that has come from Robin Hood. And therefore, I resent Arthurian legends like a motherfucker. I don't blame you. <laughs> Also, to steer it back away from this week's topic, <laughs> obviously I wrote this shit down on the back of my hand. I'm going to get love list. And Go for it, Bill. Yeah, I know. Go this for Bill. Bill. What is Bill's list this week? <laughs> uh, uh, one last thing I wanted to mention. What does Skyrim... What? <laughs> oh, Jason Shiga. Yeah. Did you ever see his book? Uh, yeah. Uh, it, Jason Shiga's great, car- uh, great cartoonist. Great he has a cartoonist. comic called... Uh, meanwhile, which just got adapted into an iPad, uh, iPhone app. Uh, it's only, well, it's $5, but it's a comic book. It's a choose-your-own-adventure comic book. Yeah. Which is, starts off, you're just this kid walking down the street, and you go into an ice cream shop, and you have to decide whether or not to get a vanilla or chocolate ice cream, and then it just spins out from there. But, yeah, he, yeah someone turned it into an, an actual interactive choose-your-own-adventure comic book. Yeah. It's $5. It's a beautiful book, because it actually, like, folds out and shit. And, yeah, like, there's the, also the, the actual like, real book in real life, yeah, it has all these crazy color Anything that puts tabs. Jason Sheik, money in Jason Sheik's pocket is a good thing. Jason Sheik is fucking, he's nuts, I love that guy. He had, he had a talk thinks... at uh, Stumptown Comics Festival a couple years ago, and he yeah. was just like, the dude's so smart, Yeah, he's, it's it blows my mind. Anyway, so that's that's the only other thing I've really been doing this week. Should we take a break? <laughs> I don't know, Bill, are you sure you don't have a list on the other hand? No! That's next week. <laughs> Leo, where my heart used to be. Earth above me, lay down on the green grass. Remember when you loved me. All right, friends. Now we're to the actual subject of this week's podcast, um, which I have tentatively titled "End of the Woods." Because uh, I had, or did I say "Lost in the Woods"? I said "Lost in the Woods." That's Into a the lot. That's less copyright infringing me. Into the Woods. Have you seen Into the Woods? And you, you, and everyone I know has tried to pr- put their their Into the Woods boners on my Into body, and I don't entirely. want it. Into the Woods is good. It's a Stephen no, Sondheim musical about responsibility and growing up and community. Community responsibility. <laughs> I do not love that shit, but it's awesome. <laughs> Which is not entirely... Anyway, yeah, so, what? Fuck, come at me. I'm Gustavo Fring. Take your fucking shot. (laughs) Let's talk about what we're supposed to be talking about, which is um, uh, Bill and I uh, both uh, mutually have had lifelong fixations um, with uh, British figures in tights, um, uh, and uh, not... I can't Where are you going with this? I don't know. You were so embarrassed to talk about this. You just melted down. Oh, uh, Annie and I are. I'm very tired. Annie, <laughs> Annie and I have mutual uh, uh, 
Yeah, obsessions with uh, yeah. 80s big Robin fixations. Hood. Fixations. Fixations with. Uh, well, we both fancy ourselves writers, too. <laughs> Stress so we both try to like we both like we oh, Annie's a big Robin Hood fan. I am a big Peter Pan fan. Which at least Robin Hood, at least that sounds interesting. You, when you're an adult <laughs> male, it sounds less like I'm a pedophile. I know. When you tell people like, oh man, I'm really into Peter Pan. It kind of freaks people out. Uh, no. Uh, so wait, how did you get interested in Robin Hood? I was thinking about this. This gets and- more interesting. This is a nice just masquerading <laughs> each other. Anyway, go there's ahead. an excellent chance that this is the, our most wanky. This is going to be. Yet. This is where everyone stops listening to our podcast <laughs> exactly. forever. Because yeah. listening to people who think about things too much try to articulate their ill-defined feelings. Well, now about we're going to be talking about two things be... no one else gives a shit. Yeah, about. okay. I think this is us getting our big kind of weird thing out of the way, so yeah. we can talk about more mutually like yeah. more more entertaining things in the future. Because what y'all podcast. need to understand is how much emotional bandwidth these things take up in both of us. Yeah, it, the sheer amount of it is embarrassing. So I was trying to think of the my my roots in robin hood and my earliest memory is um actually my mom took me to my first ever renaissance festival when i was like six or seven because my mom is awesome and she's like oh my little annie she really likes knights and history and stuff she would get a kick out of this were you into like the knights templar and stuff oh totally yeah i was obsessed with knights and i had a little sword that i ran around and played with and i had all my action figures and everything like that and i loved i loved were you actually already interested in in that history or was it just the aesthetics of like just knights and it was it was the aesthetics and the fantasy and all of that more than anything else i liked the history but i was also like a baby so i would never yeah, exactly. articulate yeah. that but um uh though i do still have somewhere the issue of disney adventures that was like maybe their third did, or Jesus. fourth issue yeah. that was about knights back when they had more of a focus on history and stuff and the illustrations in it and everything i remember tracing those over and over and over really okay. but anyway no my mom took me to this renaissance festival and one of the first things i saw there were two bros um uh doing a little play that was um uh robin and little john meeting um, which uh, most people are familiar with because it's depicted in pretty much every single Robin Hood film. Yeah, it's, um, yeah every yeah, Robin Hood thing, that's kind of like the Exactly, core, where know. it's like, so Robin Hood and Little John Fucking are walking through the staff. forest, um, uh, and they meet a, uh, they, they, there's a bridge, and R- Little John is on the other side, Robin Hood is on this side, and they're, you know, they have this whole dick measuring contest about, oh, oh you should let the better man pass. You yeah. Know? And uh, they wind up fighting and knocking each other's asses into the creek, and then become best bros forever. Because there's a proud history of Robin Hood meeting people, having them kick his ass and then somehow they become his minions but um no and there are these two guys and they did it except that the creek that they fought over was um latrine water um because it was downhill from the uh the porta potties <laughs> for the <laughs> so there are layers in real life no this is this is a yeah, this festival. Is what you yeah. were watching okay yeah yeah, yeah so and <laughs> i remember that really just really they they were having such genuine fun and they were so clearly genuine friends yeah and, um, granted, I was six, but I thought their fights were pretty good, too. Yeah, well, and yeah. It really just always stuck with me. And, so of course, I was obsessed with the Disney movie. Yeah. Um, the, um... The animated. animated Disney movie. Yeah. The, uh, the fondness for the live-action Did live you get into Disney the Disney movie, movie after seeing this first run-in with Robin Hood at the Ren Fair? Yeah, well, I mean, it was so long ago. Who knows if I saw the movie first. No, okay, yeah. Or whatever. But, no, in, in my tiny youth, I did, in fact, run the, um, internet's only Robin Hood fan site, Robin Hood on the Web... 
And I remember vividly, like, my, my big thing, the way I would get illustrations, I, eventually I did buy, what is it called, a snappy device, which is something, was a piece of hardware you plugged into your computer that you could plug a VCR into to take stills. Oh, really? Yeah, like, I invested in this shit. But before that, the only way I had to get any sort of graphics for my website was to troll, like, um, animation cell collectors' websites yeah. and stuff like that. I would take um, scans and photographs of animation cells that they were selling into Microsoft Paint and trace them pixel by pixel to get a clean image. I really am desperately curious to see if I can ever find any of these things on the oh internet God, anywhere. Yeah. They've got to still be floating around. If you ever see a really lovingly but amateurish pixel art that's very clearly a tracing from Disney's Robin Hood, there's an excellent chance that I did that when I was 10 years old. Shit. I'm just saying. So anyway, yeah. No, I ran that fan site for a good long time until um, uh, I opened up uh, fan art submissions because a friend of mine at the time was an awesome artist and sent me some stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm going to put this on my website. And one of the first submissions I got was a dude who was drawing Maid Marian. And the poses were really weird. Like, there was one where she was leaning on her side with her legs splayed and her hand between her legs. Oh, and I was really no. like, that is such a weird pose. What is yeah. going on? And, like, her proportions were so weirdly realistic. I realized what this person was doing was they were taking um, pornographic images of women tracing them, get, putting clothes on them, and then giving them a fox head and calling it Maid Marian, <laughs> and then sending it to an 11-year-old girl ran a fan site. And oh, so they were creating this custom for you. Well, it's not, not necessarily. Like... I don't know. That's But no, but I, they were sending them to me. Holy shit. For my fan I love site. That you, that's an email you get when you're 11 <laughs> years old. Yep. When you're Annie, that's what happens. Wow. So, I can't believe you're still on the internet. I know. Well, you'll notice I don't, I'm not involved in fandom anymore. And that's Jesus it. Christ. But no, at the time, I remember, because I, I, I got into a lot of Robin Hood scholarship in as much as there is some. And, oh, yeah, um, this is the important thing, too, with Annie. Uh, yeah, it's not that you're just like... This isn't about you just liking the Robin Hood movie a whole lot. No, it's, no. This I mean, go, this goes into more. Yeah, exactly. Well, as no, much but, as as being a big fan of anything can turn into scholarly blah blah yeah. blah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of really interesting like when you when you when you go down the the rabbit hole with Robin Hood. There's a lot of interesting there there. You know, it's like the the earliest origins of Robin and the earliest myths and and legends, where he's just kind of a murderous bastard. Yeah. And where you only bring in the um the robbing the poor, or it should be robbing the rich to help the poor, when like um uh, noble sensibilities sensibilities were involved. Like when it was actually for the common man, it was all just Robin Hood killing people. Yeah. And uh, like you only get made Marion once the French got involved. Well, what's and they wanted something to when, when did you start reading more about the actual like history of Robin Hood? Like Pretty when did you much, start getting interested? Yeah. Well, I, when I was running my fan site and everything like that, and I was starting to read the legends and everything like that, there was a book um, by this guy named Park Godwin mm-hmm. um, uh, that was like um, called Sherwood that pretty much rocked my world. Um, uh, and it was a slightly... It, reading it now, it's not very good. But he was one of the first persons that I'd ever read where they he tried to place Robin Hood in history a little more so that he actually yeah, made that, yeah. sense in the context of history. And um, it was pretty good. But what I thought was interesting, even though it was not as good as the second one, or the first one, he did a second book that had asked a question that no one else had ever asked, um, uh, which was, what happens to Robin Hood once he can't be Robin Hood anymore? Yeah. Because, like, in, you know, in all the movies, like, Robin is this murderous bastard until eventually... 
you know, he meets Maid Marian and he's pardoned by the king and blah, 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 and uh, happily ever after. Mm -hmm. But I remember even when I was a kid going, how can you be a noble, like part of the noble class, when you've spent the better part of however many years tweaking the noses of the noble class Mm -hmm. and, you know, stealing from them and making fools of them um, at the expense of their, you know, the the little people. Like, you can't exactly then go over and have, that would be like the most awkward dinner. Yeah, exactly. You know, like hanging out with people. And how do you live the rest of your life like that? Exactly. So Park Godwin was the fir- one of the first people I'd read who actually addressed that issue with some intelligence. And ironically, it was then ripped off mercilessly by um, Ridley Scott's Robin Hood. Oh, yeah, that's Because right. he, the, basically what happens in Robin and the King, I think it's actually an interesting answer where um, Robin basically becomes a ye olde lawyer. He becomes very, very intimately familiar with, with law at the time and basically helps draft um, some stuff that leads to the Magna Carta pretty directly because yeah. he is actually a nobleman, a fallen nobleman in that. And it was always really interesting, even though it wasn't very well done. And it ends with Robin basically trying to lead this rebellion that does not end well. And the climax of the book is he and Maid Marian um, in the, by the tree where they were married. Um, and uh, he slips both their wrists and they die. That's the last scene So in this book. is a book. This is not from a legend. This is what just No, this book, is this dude, Pat Godwin. Oh, yeah. okay. And I thought that was really interesting. And I had been thinking about those same things. Because when, even when I was running my shitty little fan site, I was spitting my own sequel. Yeah. That was based loosely in Ivanhoe. Because Ivanhoe does have Robin Hood appear in it. You read Ivanhoe as a kid? Yes. Oh my god. What? I had no idea. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just that's a hell of a statement to make. I'm just saying when you're Robin Hood it and you're writing Robin Hood was in it. to the Disney Robin Hood based Dude, on Ivanhoe. It's Hood? not I'm well it was loose. <laughs> you know what I mean, but still. No, cuz Robin Hood shows up in Ivanhoe as a, a freedom fighter. Yeah, 100% but still, as that's a rebel a leader. Of a, damn. Yeah, but anyway, no. So I I was going to write Jesus. this whole thing about this Ivanhoe and like and it was like but but I was more interested in the idea of what happens to Robin as a lord yeah. afterwards. Well, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, there's no real there there because that's because I always think there'd be a certain amount of melancholy to that situation Ugh. because Robin Hood it, there's to live that sort of life to be like this willful outlaw you have to have a certain amount of self delusion. This is why Robin and Marion is one of my favorite Robin Hood movies because Sean Connery is just kind of a gleeful douchebag. Yeah, that's like the late '70s movie with Sean Connery and Audrey yeah. Hepburn and it's uh, not, Robert Shaw. It's not great, but it is kind of great if you are like me and desperate for anything the that's halfway good. Really the tone yeah. of it is really good because um basically robin is a charismatic idiot who is very idealistic but more than anything else really likes living la vida outlaw um which you kind of have to to choose that sort of life and think that it's going to be okay because you have to have kind of self like a a, obliviousness to be an outlaw and not genuinely not fear any sort of unsavory end to it and you have to have a certain amount of um uh self-loathing not necessarily self-loathing but like um a total lack of um, self-preservation mm-hmm. um, to throw yourself into it and to pull other people along with you. Yeah. But then to be that sort of person, to be wired that sort of way and then have to walk away from it. Because you're pretty much expecting to be, you know, Thelma and Louisa off the cliff. Yeah, there's kind of a built-in obsolescence there. Exactly. Yeah. Like, there's a self-destruct button. And that what's interesting is that that's even in the Robin Hood mythology where he does become a, you know, just kind of retire and chill out. and Because they're, they're in a certain amount of the legends where you have elderly Robin go back to the woods. It's, this is what Robin and Marion is riffing on. Yeah. Um, elderly Robin in the woods with a younger generation of kids. Um, who are, well, yeah, we're like to just 
basically the young discontents and who start huh. fucking around. Okay, but yeah. that can't, you know, he's an old man, and that's you, you know, it's really, really a young man's that, game, yeah. exactly. And he winds up dying sad and alone. Jesus. And it's just like that's you know well, that's interesting to me. And like the only way you can really. Um, you know, like, tie, bring Robin back in from the woods is exactly what they do in the Legends, is where it's through Marion. Marion is kind of his conduit to legitimacy, because um, she's this level-headed lady who's like, this is all well and good, but you need to come inside now. Yeah. And um, uh, th- what happens in all those myths when, when he does that, it's Marion's gone. Marion dies. Mm-hmm. And he has nothing to ground him anymore. Um, which is always kind of interesting and sad. Like, there's a sadness in Robin Hood. There's a sadness in that kind of self-delusion that that is okay and that that will work. And it's not that I want, like, Robin Hood, a Robin Hood story that's all emo and shit, but there's that degree of it that no one has really explored well. Like, there have been a couple of authors who have done it poorly, mm-hmm. like, uh, mostly through um, uh, stressing Robin Hood as soldier, like, Robin Hood has served in the Crusades with King Richard and comes back and can't stand to see the the the, the unfairness that he saw before. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden now he knows what it is and now he has to fight against it. And, you know, it's more that he is a fighter than anything else. Which makes sense because if you're just going to be, like, telling a story, like, it's good shorthand to show, yeah. like, he, like, he learned from being a, sh- a soldier what, you know, civic responsibility and blah, blah, yeah. blah. Well, it's a little bit harder when you have a character who that that's just kind of burned into him just as yeah. part of the fabric of it his character. It is who he is, yeah. Like, you, you, you have to be more deft to have that character, yeah, have those motivations. Yeah. And, the worst yeah. example of that ever is, I can't remember the name of the book now, but I hated it because it was Blonde Robin Hood. Anytime there's a Blonde Robin Hood, I have a knee-jerk <laughs> reaction of loathing. But no, this Blonde Robin really, who, um, yeah. I know it's a rational thing, but there you go. Blonde, blonde Robin, Robin um, he has all these, for one thing, in this book, um, King Richard is gay. You know, there's some, there's what? some, I'll be back. there's some degree of, of validity for this in Wait, history. Did say he's gay? Well, wait, in the book, yes. No, no less. Not only is he gay, he was one of um, uh, Robin was one of Richard's right hands, and that Richard um, harassed him and molested him what? in the war. So he has not only flashbacks, like war flashbacks, that are of the travesties God. that he saw in war. He has sexual harassment flashbacks. What? Someone's dragging in way too much of their own personal luggage. <laughs> using Robin Hood. Well, I mean, it's kind of what you're doing is, is using Robin Hood as a canvas to paint your own weirdness. Yeah, on but. But, Still, it's like th- yeah. there's act- there is the best sequence is when there is really realistically a nom flashback, but it's not because it's it's the whole yeah. man. But no, like there's even like the, the that's nuts. The, the fluttering of the trees is like the the the, the wings of a helicopter. I swear to God, and it's in this. Does book. it actually say that in the prose? Does it no. actually draw that parallel? Pl- 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 no, but the description of but it. You it's understand that's what they're saying. That's yeah, what they're writing about. Like they're they're um, they're Christ. describing some sort of shitty flashback they Whoa. saw in a TV movie. Well, what's well, what's the origin of Robin Hood uh, anyway? What is it? The origin of Robin Hood? Yeah, where did he come from? It's not really known. it's not based off a real person, right? Or not at least necessarily. Not, like, I think there, there are all sorts of people who are trying to I find the real, quote-unquote, Robin Hood, and yeah. it's not, there's no. Like, it's pretty all much our, oral folk tales, Exactly. Right? Like, our, our the earliest written um, uh, reference to Robin Hood is in this poem that I'm blanking on now. Shame on me. Um, anyway, where it's this dude who is a... Um, uh, all these people who are manifestations of the seven deadly sins, and sloth Where is the hell talking. Is this? this is like in the 1200s, I want to okay, say. Yeah. This is the first written reference to Robin Hood, where this sloth guy is saying um, he is so um, lazy that ra- he he doesn't know to say his prayers every day, but he does know the legends of Robin Hood. 
Which is you funny because that suggests Robin, Robin Hood's already a known exactly. thing. Exactly. This and is the first then, time he's just cresting into literature to be to Exactly. Be and even recorded. then he is pop culture trash. Like he's like See, that's, that's great. Like, and where the hell did like yeah, where well, the hell did Robin even, Hood come from? Yeah. Even before so he's he's in Legends before that, but like and like you see Robin in um it's actually kinda interesting. He's been used he, Robin and Little John were used as aliases for people who have okay, been arrested. Yeah, that, yeah, like, that before helps that too. propagate the myth of Robin Hood, yeah. Exactly. In but history. no, like in, in like the the jest of Robin Hood and all the early legends and everything like that, he's just kind of a murderous dude. Yeah. Who fucks around and uh, kills people, and uh, when they get in his way, and when um, his bro Little John gets kidnapped, he decides the best thing to do is to um, go after him, disguised as one of the bad guys' men, and he kills one of the bad guys' men, and then um, puts his the bad guy's head on a staff yeah. and carries it in front of his own head like a mask. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God, this is it. And that's how he sneaks up on them. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's wholesome kid stuff, you know? <laughs> so it's, when did the French get their hands on the Robin Hood myth and turn it more into the myth that we know of? Um, Where it's not like just some the, crazy guy in the woods. Well, it's, um, uh, post Shakespeare. No, 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 Because Arthur Munday had Marion. So it's like, uh, 17th century... Man, I didn't do any refresher. That's fine, but it was it was later. Like, yeah. yeah, it's like not until well well after Robin Hood. Yeah, out, that was a later revision of Robin Hood. Couple hundred years closer yeah. though. Yeah, that yeah, it was yeah. no longer medieval at that point. Exactly, it was more like it was romanticized. There are all these sorts of interesting elements to Robin Hood, and like I feel like one day when I have the balls. But see, what I want to do would be such a weird, abstract, more art project than anything else. Because I think what would be most interesting is to have two books, and one book is like Robin in his prime, and yeah. like all basically all the legends. Yeah. And then the second book is everything that happens after. And whereas the first book is very structured and almost fantastical, the second book is much more grounded yeah. and um, uh, more person like more character based, and then. Um, than, like, episodic and adventurous. Mm -hmm. And they'd be the two most schizophrenic books, and no one would be interested in them but me. I'm sure some people would be. But, yeah, that's that's a, kind of a weird pitch to throw at people. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, that's... I want to write... Yeah, I want to do the Star Wars slash Empire Strikes Back of, of yeah. Robin Hood books. Uh, so, Bill, let's talk about Peter Pan. That's enough Robin Hood. Man, at least, like I said, at least Robin Hood's got some, like, you know, like, literal legitimacy and stuff. Like, Peter Pan, I can't even remember how the hell I got into Peter no, Pan No, this is what you told me. Well, no, no, no. I mean, how does anyone get into Peter Pan? Yeah. Peter Pan is something you're just, it's like Robin Hood. Yeah. It's like saying where I first heard Robin Hood is like saying where I first saw Mickey Mouse. Yeah. There are some literary things that you're just kind of steeped in as a child. You've always told me about going to see Peter Pan in Pittsburgh, like a stage play. Yeah, this this is a really big thing was, yeah, when I was, I must have been 11 because it was 1986. Uh, yeah, no, uh, Chef Rocket from Mr. Rogers' uh, no, 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 Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. He was playing Captain Hook in a local production of Peter Pan. Yeah. Like, I'd known Peter Pan before this. Like, I saw, like, the Disney movie as I was a kid and, 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 and stuff. But uh, this is like, this is one of the first times I, I really remember Peter Pan as a kid was, yeah, Chef Rocket. Uh, from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. He was playing Captain Hook in a little local production. And so my family just wanted to go see it. Because, like, I, like me and my sister never expressed much of an interest in Peter Pan or anything like yeah. that. But uh, we decided to go, because my parents are like, we have kids, let's, like, local production of Peter Pan starring Mr. Rogers. Guys, they'll always remember at least seeing Chef Rocket run around with Captain's Hook, which was really cool. But, yeah, uh, so my, my family's sitting there. We're watching the th uh, the, the show, and, like, half you know, there's the, the, the midway break between the two acts or whatever. 
we realize the guy sitting in front of us is fucking Fred Rogers. Yeah. Mr. fucking Rogers. And he gets up, and my parents are like, we don't want to interrupt you. We know you're here just to, you know, support your friend, Chef Rocket. Whatever mm. the guy's real name yeah. is. Uh, but, like, Mr. Rogers was exactly like he was on the show. Yeah. And I was like, oh, hey there, Billy. How are you doing? <laughs> Shook my hand and everything like yeah. that. And that has nothing to do, actually, to do with Peter Pan. Or like, <laughs> no, that's more of a Mr. Story. Rogers story than a Peter Pan story, <laughs> but, um... But it makes me smile in my heart. That's, you know what? I think the reason why, the only reason I got into Peter Pan was I remember thinking, I actually know what it was for all the... It was the announcement of the development of Hook. Yeah. Because you were were a Spielberg kid. Yeah, I grew up... Yeah, I grew up as a George Lucas Spielberg nut as a kid. And all throughout the 80s, uh, uh, Spielberg kept on talking about how much he was going... He he wanted to make a a Peter Pan movie. Mm -hmm. And I always thought, even as a kid, I thought that sounded kind of weird because there's nothing interesting in Peter Pan. But, like, the more I kind of read up... Like, that got me, like, reading about Peter Pan to see what the hell you could actually turn this into a story. And thinking... Oh man, if you were to say get like the Peter Pan story as written and directed by the guy who did Raiders of the Lost Ark, that could be a hell of a cool thing. Yeah. There's some uh, certain elements you could extract from that and yeah. blow it up. And then Hook came out. <laughs> Hook, Hook is Hook. I have saw spot my heart for Hook just because, like, I was like, yeah. But then, like, no, yeah. Hook is terrible. Well, no, here's the thing: you wanted it to be Raiders of the Lost Ark, and he wanted to basically make um, Brigadoon. Yeah. He it's wanted just, to make a musical. I don't know what that means, but yeah, <laughs> he didn't make Raiders Lost Ark. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I really, I, like, at that point, I just realized, like, th- like if, if Spielberg couldn't do it, but there could be a way you could tell the story of Peter Pan uh-huh. uh, that would be interesting. I don't know why I ever fixated on Peter Pan. It's something about being a kid and lonely. There are a lot of, re- exactly. See, there are a lot of really fascinating elements to Peter Pan. Yeah. That everyone kind of glazes over. Well, I think part of it was also, like, reading up about Peter Pan when I was a kid, like, mm-hmm. while waiting for Spielberg to, to make his, his Peter Pan movie, like, reading about, how, the, like, the origin stories of Peter Pan and stuff was so fucked up and dark. Yeah. Like, originally, uh, Peter Pan was, uh, uh, like, uh, originally he was a spirit who helped the spirit of other dead kids mm-hmm. to the afterlife. Yeah. And all this other shit, and, like, reading about the, uh, J.M. Barry, the guy who wrote Peter Pan, yeah. about his fucking modeling life. Barry and is a fascinating figure. Just yeah. absolutely fascinating. He, like, and he was kind of a weird character and stuff like that, and, like, he's sad, the man. Whole Peter Pan thing's got some really weird edges to it. Well, Not even just in the dark, book. but just, yeah. Like, one of my favorite parts of the book is when he's on the island. Oh, yeah. And he thinks he's going to die. Yeah, in, in the Mermaid Island, exactly. Yeah. And he just kind of gives up. He just, he's just like, you know, and, he, and he just comes to the conclusion that to die would be a very big adventure. Yeah, and that's a great sentiment for a, for a hero. Like, if yeah. you have, like, and that's only like, when Hook came out, it's just Robin Williams' <laughs> shaved chest and, like, this little fairy boy outfit. I'm like, oh, oh my God. And so after that, like, it was, it was really after that I started thinking about, well, like, like what what I would do if I were, like, someone handing me the keys to the Peter Pan story, how I'd retell it, like, in, mm-hmm. like, so, it, like, my brain always blew it up into this big action adventure thing, and yeah. uh, about, like, ten years ago, I started working on a, uh, a webcomic called Pan mm-hmm. that was going to be retelling the whole Peter Pan thing. It was actually going to be told in three big uh, parts. Uh, the first uh, part would be how Peter Pan became P- Peter Pan. The second part is the story that, as we know, Peter Pan from the original story. And the second part would be all about how Peter Pan stopped being Peter Pan. Yeah. Not entirely unlike your Robin Hood, mm. getting older, and how he stopped being Robin Hood. Yeah. And uh, 
it was really ambitious. It was a full color thing. I only drew like maybe 15, 20 pages yeah. before I realized like I was like, it was, it was taking me 30 hours a week just to draw a single page. Yeah. And, and where you had only done was... maybe 0.001% of the narrative in those that many pages. Yeah, exactly. Cause like, and this is going to be a story that would have been told over across, across thousands and thousands of pages. And I just realized I had to stop it because, well, I just didn't have the time. I was working minimum wage uh, data entry job mm-hmm. and there's just no way I could like with as much time. As, as I was pouring into the comic, I had to stop it. The whole plot and everything is still there. I want to tell that story some someday, somehow. But, yeah, it's this giant roving thing where, uh, in my interpretation, Peter Pan, he's still, it's, it, the characters are all dead. The, both the, the uh, Peter and the Lost Boys and all the pirates, who are actually, uh, in my story, they're not pirates, they're uh, whalers who eventually became thieves in mm-hmm. 1840s London. Yeah. Which is funny, because now, like, the sci-fi ch- uh, channel is coming out with something that's very much like this. Oh, seriously? Where it's a bunch of, like, the Lost Boys and, and, and the Pirates are all, like, Captain Hook are all, like, it's Gangs of New York, but in no! London. Which is kind of my idea. Although, then again, there's this French guy, French cartoonist, who, he actually, he's, Oh, yeah! He's the first one to come up with the idea, like, uh, Peter Pan uh, and, and, and all the other characters kind of being thieves in London. I just stole that idea from them. They're just stealing the Wait, same idea. Wait, you stole it from him? Oh, yeah, no, well, it's uh, my story. My, my whole thing was more Gangs New York. This is yeah. more just like a petty couple thief, like Peter. Oh, yeah, no, his- no, no. I've read that comic. It's almost unreadable. It's got actually great watercolor. <gasps> oh, yeah, no. It's a French um, comic. It's beautiful. All the, all the ladies he draws his big oh, fat ass. Oh, my God. Me up. Take your bells. Badonk. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, my whole story was, yeah, everyone's actually still dead and had mm-hmm. all this mixed in with, like, Greek mythology. Because, like, I'm trying to figure out how the hell does, like, Pan enter into this. So it was yeah. the whole thing about like, uh, like kind of stealing from the whole Neil Gaiman idea that like uh, gods die when they run out of people to worship them. Yeah. And so now with this being like, well, in the story it's the 19th century or uh, no, it's the 19th century. Uh, like most of the Greek gods are dead, and there's only a couple Greek gods running around in the Greek afterworld. Yeah. And uh, Peter and his friends all get sucked into the Greek afterworld instead of going to the. Then you gotta do me a favor. If you it's... ever, if you ever do get around to doing this, you gotta stick in Hephaestus. You oh gotta no, do Hephaestus! Hephaestus is my favorite. Greek I don't know. God. Wait, who does He's it... such a sad fuck? Who does Hephaestus hook up with? Who's his? Well, Hephaestus is married to um, uh, uh, Aphrodite. Aphrodite. That's why. Oh, yeah, because yeah, Aphrodite's. Uh, it's, oh, a, it's a joke. In my story, Pan is, Pan is fucking Aphrodite. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's why, uh, what's his name? Uh, 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 Dark. I, this shows you how much I've been thinking about the story lately. <laughs> Who's the bad guy? Hades. Kills Pan, and P- Pan's soul ends up being fused with Peter's soul, and he becomes Peter slash Pan, and all this crazy shit. I love shit. Hephaestus. Hephaestus is my favorite You know what? Just because he's a crippled guy who makes awesome stuff. Well, no, it's it just, he, he's, he's, again, he's got kind of this fascinating sadness to him, because he, 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 everyone relies on him, because he makes everything. Yeah. Everything. Doesn't he make, like, Hermes' sandals and yes, stuff like that? Yeah. He makes everybody's everything. He's, like, my he's favorite the cube part. of... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, but, like, my, my favorite part of, um, uh, the Iliad is when he makes, um, the shield for... Fuck! <laughs> Can't remember. Yeah, we should have prepared for See, this. We really should have run into this shit. <laughs> no, he ma- Achilles. He makes a shield for Achilles that depicts the life that Achilles will never know because yeah. he he oh, has chosen right. a life of war. That. Yeah, that's Cause, creepy. Cause be- no, because Hephaestus is basically the really sweet, um, really sentimental artist dude who's ugly as fuck and no one actually likes. Yeah. So he makes all these friends. He's a web cartoonist. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. He <laughs> beautiful art and 
no oh one appreciates God. him. Yeah, I know for a long time I've always talked about Pan. You've always beat me up about like, I, you can't have Hephaestus. I'm going to say this again. This is not the first time I love Hephaestus. So. I love Hephaestus. But yeah, no, there, there wouldn't be hard. Like, in my story, the only people who are left, it's it's Pan, it's Athena. <laughs> Hephaestus is only alive because there's this real girl in Texas <laughs> who really likes That's it. That's it. <laughs> that, that one always it's be me. I'm, I'm it. Oh, God. <laughs> I am the one man. In my story, the pirates were the uh, uh, ghosts of this ancient fleet of uh, uh, Chinese pirates. That's a badass element, Yeah. Bill. Well, also, like, Shit. in my story, uh, Hook is, he's never actually called Hook. Yeah. He's the ringleader of these uh, den of thieves that Peter and Lost Boys were once uh, a part of in 1840s uh, London. And he, no secret, uh, he actually turns out to be Peter's dad. Yeah. But that's not really a shocking Star Wars-style re- re- yeah. revelation thing. But uh, it turns out he used to be, like, this Catholic guy. He used to be a clockmaker. Mm-hmm. And, like, who got dragged into, like, these European wars and stuff like that and wound up losing his family. Like, his Peter's mom dies, and mm-hmm. he ends up becoming leader of this, this street gang, and his kids end up being part of it, and he doesn't like that. But there's this whole thing, like, actually, like, emotionally, the real... Peter's kind of almost the villain, because Peter's just a crazy, crazy character who's only kind of like this demigod who's fucking things up. He's a yeah. creature of pure... He's uh, a boy. ...id or whatever the <laughs> yeah. fuck. Yeah, he's just... Whereas uh, the, 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 the Hook-style uh, character is this guy who... He's Catholic, but he's trapped in this Greek underworld. Yeah. But he still believes in the Christian God. And yeah. He, and he kind of, like, it's it's a real crisis of faith about how he, like, like, I don't know. It's this whole mixed up called kinds of crazy shit. He's actually more emotionally the protagonist than anyone else in the story. Yeah. And then the third story would have been after all that happens, uh, would have been, will, will be. I'm not That's actually right. giving away all the major plot points, because if That's I were, right. that would be the sign that I've actually given up on this story. But, like, the, the third story would take place in the present day, uh, years after Wendy's died, mm-hmm. and actually Peter's come back into the real world and become a real person again, and, but he's become an old man, and like mm. I said, kind of dealing with, like, yeah. But then he's got this, oh, it's, it's yeah, there's, there's, there's some other crazy shit that happens. Bill, but. when I have bajillions, bajillions of dollars, I'm just going to lock you in the basement and, and um, like, just have... Uh, shitty Domino's pizza. No, shitty Little Caesar <laughs> pizza delivered you every day, and you're not allowed to leave until it's it done. would be mutual too. Because I will still want to read your goddamn Robin Hood books. I, I am is, constantly browbeating you about writing your goddamn Robin. Hood I, books. I have, I have a real. See, you have a pretty clear path. Yeah, I know. Through. I just have to tell the story. With you, me, it's you, like I have the emotional frequency of it, and like, and I you have, have the tone. But yeah, you just don't know. Mostly, I have to do my Robin Hood book at some point because there's never been a good goddamn Little John. I love sidekicks. I love sidekicks. I love second bananas in all forms of media. And Little John is my favorite bro, and I love him so much. Little John is kind of cool. He's great. No, he's great. But there's never been, like, the, like, like... Oh, like especially when you read Robin Hood books. Yeah. Like there's actually really some really some pretty damn good uh, Robin Hood young adult novels, but there's one where he's like that actually pissed me off so much even though it's not a bad idea. It pissed me off so much I threw the book across the room. Yeah. Because it's there's this actually really really good really really good Robin Hood young adult novel called I think In a Dark Wood. It's actually about oh, the sheriff of Nottingham. Yeah. And uh, and it's really good and I love it except that little John is this deaf mute guy. And I'm like you can't make him deaf mute because he's my bro and I want to talk to him and hang out with him and have <laughs> beer with him. And it's hard when he's deaf mute, god damn it. Yeah. And he's oh. like a circus guy and blah 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 and it just made me so mad. Does that take place more in modern day then or something? Or? No, no. No, it's, actually it's, it's back, just mid like I mean it's like well, excuse me, a circle. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, like, yeah. But no, and it just made me mad. I love my bro, Lil John. I gotta get Lil John right. 
Actually, Robin and Marion has a very good Little John, too. Because yeah. um, it's, um, what's his name, Nicole Williamson? Is that his name? He played, he played Merlin in Excalibur, and he's playing oh, other stuff. No, he's he's really great in it, because he very much so plays Little John as a um, floppy-eared golden retriever who just loves oh, yeah. Robin and will follow him to the ends of the earth, and does. And there's this great little moment of subtext where he and Marion are talking, and it's pretty clear that he's always been in love with Marion. But, you know, and, and, and she, she, it's great. I love Little John. That's a real good Little John. Yeah. I love Little John. He's my See, bro. I think if, not, if, if, if you sorted out what you want to do with the, some of the uh, secondary characters, too, that would help fill in what you want to do with Robin well, and the whole story. Yeah. In my in my fan fiction that I came up with when I was 12. I love this is our fan fiction jerk, uh, circle jerk about <laughs> That's life. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. This is the most masturbatory Jesus subject we've discussed. No, in my fan fiction when I was a little girl, um, uh, he became the Sheriff of Nottingham. And, um, uh, uh, the Friar Tuck became, um, a, a bishop or abbot or something. Mm-hmm. And, and they both settle very well because all they wanted all along, because they, they're not, they're not Robin leading the charge. They're just following him along yeah. and they're, you know, and then they're able to settle down and normalize perfectly. And it's only Robin who feels totally lost and like a fake and a failure because the only time he fe- felt authentically himself and genuinely himself was when he was Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know how to be Robin of Loxley or whatever you want to call him. You know, he doesn't know how to be that man. And it's hard when he, like, has children and he's expected to be a father and he's expected to be a lord because he has no idea how to be any of those things. Yeah. All he knows how to be is a thief and a charmer. And, like, he has no context for this anywhere else in his life. And he has no one to talk to. Because he can't talk to Marion about it. He can't talk to John about it or any of these people. And I was going to actually, like, I had this, I, there, there's this great character, Guy of Gisborne, that they kind of, like, he's in the Errol Flynn Robin Hood. And he's in the shitty BBC Robin Hood series that came out a couple of years ago. And I, where I, there's this actually really interesting part in the original Legends where it's kind of a um, green man, um, like, uh, uh Holly Man kind of yeah, yeah sort of thing, but um, uh, when that actually that's a big part of the Peter Pan thing too yeah like yeah when Guy of Gisborne shows up they're just to like emphasize how alien he is he's wearing a horse hide cloak. like and he has like the horse's head over his Jesus, head yeah and it's like this guy is really just like a like a foreigner and alien in every way and um, <laughs> he and Robin have this fight and it's I always thought it was interesting to have like him be like this weird parallel to Robin but in like whereas Robin at the end of the day is a good guy and a decent sort to be everything that he could have been that was wrong and bad and like um I was actually real what whereas you heard about Hook and were thinking about that and um it turned into something you weren't um I was the opposite way because I was freaking the fuck out when the Robin Hood movie was first announced that Ridley Scott was working on yeah um they were kind of riffing on this idea that I had had because in the original draft Robin, it's it's like thirty years after the oh, I forgot Robin or about the development of that. And yeah. it's um, Jesus. Uh, the sheriff of Nottingham. There are these murders that keep happening that seem like they're done by Robin Hood. Yeah, and oh, it's man. like really stupid shit. And um, because my idea was like, so there's basically this person who shows up and starts doing shit like Robin did, but now Robin is the establishment. Yeah, and it turns out that it's Guy Gisborne and all this stuff. And then there's that conflict of you know, well, you're you know, you are me and blah blah. blah. 
I, I lost my shit when I first read about the Robin Hood thing. I was like, motherfucker. And none of that made it into the fucking Yeah, life. none of it is there. None of it is there. And you know why? Because really, Scott was like, who wants to go see a Robin Hood movie that's <laughs> not about Robin Hood? Oh. They, they also said that Philip Seymour Hoffman was going to be Robin Hood. That <laughs> was what they were developing. You'd be too tired and lazy to even do the accent. Yeah. Like, eh. And it was gonna, eh. it was going to be weird because it was going to be um, fucking, what's his name, Russell Crowe as the Sheriff of Nottingham. Yeah. Who was also going to be Robin Hood somehow. That was what they were implying. But yeah, then it was going to be Baby Sienna Miller as Maid Marian. Who's Baby Sienna Miller? Sienna Miller. Oh, oh, yeah, Sienna I, know, Miller. I know, but I'm just like. like this, this, this young, youthful lady. Youthful ba- I just like the idea there would be an actress out there called, quote unquote, Baby. <laughs> and then whatever her name is. It's her Christian name. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, and, and like, it was going to be weird. Anyway, I'm glad they so did what, it. So have you actually read any of this shit? For all the shit we're talking about this. Yes. I have notepads at home that I've got. At, like, in your home or like your parents' house that you've forgotten about? Both. I did actually find a play that I wrote. See, this drives me nuts. I was talking about this fact that, like, we, we just by virtue of the fact that we're even talking about this, it means we have to do something about our respective bullshit. Someday. No. We no. actually have to turn it into something. I'm going to do it and fuck it up. Then that was and then it will be it. No, because then it will be back and another, revise, Don't publish it. It'll be don't another, fuck it up. And then you can come back five years, rewrite it, and fix it. You it's going to be another blistering turd uh, in the parade of Robin Hood turds. Like, if you look at... That's better no, than No, 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 no. No, it's not. Because uh, the whole thing... A part of this... This is what kills me about this. A part of this is I feel very protective of this shit. Making my and I want there, finally, I want there to be something that is Robin Hood related oh, that is actually God. valid to some degree. Because there's so much shit. And I don't want to pile on another turd. See, at least with me, Peter Pan, no one gives a shit about Peter Peter Pan, and you've got all the wide you world. There already is stuff. a good Peter Pan. It's called Peter Pan. You can't fuck it up. Yeah, and uh, there is no good Robin Hood. There is not. There's not. It's all shit. It's just waves of shit. Well, you have to also resign yourself to the fact there's never going to be one definitive kind of Robin Hood. It's I don't such... want there to be. But that's I'm just not saying, what I'm but saying. even if you did the best version, would, other people would still think it's terrible. Just because, like, everyone's going it, it, to. He's, he's not a fox. <laughs> You know, I don't, I don't like. That's one of the things I never understood with you. And like, I'm like, I don't like. I don't know what's. Not... I want it to be good. I'm tired. I'm Robin Hood deserves better. Little John deserves better. May Mary deserves better. These are people who have lived You're in my head me. for like You're 15 years, and I think about them all the time, and I see them in the faces of people around me. Yeah. And I don't. I don't want to do them wrong. Yeah. Whereas with me, with Peter, such a stupid creature. He's such. He, like. Like I don't have to worry about getting the characters right because all the characters are just such stupid knuckle dragons. Self, just like self-absorbed assholes. Yeah. Exactly. Like that's that's me anyway. I'll, I'll, I'm just projecting myself into that character. Any. Well, that, that, well, that's a little. We should probably wrap this up pretty soon. But like. What what was it about your own personality that gets you so much into Robin Hood? Do you think? Well, it's you know that kind of. I think um, this is the most important thing to think about. I think we've all had that moment as adults and even as young people where you have a sense of identity and you have it taken away from you, and like that, um, uh, like that that total conflict that you can feel inside yourself, even when it's a move for the best, yeah. like or even like it's a change for the better, and you know and. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's 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 legs on that somewhere in there. I love Robin Hood. I love Blue John. I love Mary Marion. Much the Miller son. You ain't so bad. Will Scarlet, you fancy motherfucker, <laughs> with your knife. I like my thing is, I, I like Peter Pan peanut butter, and I like to fly. <laughs> <laughs> it's silly. I really like Kathy Rigby. There's Ray exactly. I want to fuck Mary Martin in the bus. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, 
it's, it's, you know, it's funny how there are these things, these weird things that totally chew on your psyche. I think everyone, at least anyone who's, well, I don't want to make it sound like people who do make things for a living are special, but I think most people, especially if you're creative and if you if you fancy yourself any kind of a storyteller, yeah. like have, have has that kind of story, whether it's something they've made up by themselves or, or a, a story that already exists they want to reinterpret like we do with Robin Hood and Peter Pan, have that kind of like story that like yeah. kind of gnaws at the back of their mind all the time. Well, there's just that element that even if you don't necessarily have anything fresh to add to it, just it fucking just resonates, resonates so much with, with you like love. a motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. And I like how at least you've, you've got some depth there and there's sociological it things could with be poor worse. versus evil. We could be what's versus... his fuck? What's his fuck? Um, you know, what's his guy who did... Uh, uh, Black Swan and shit. Um, where Darren his Aronofsky? Thing, yeah, his thing is, I gotta tell Noah. I'm gonna tell the story of Noah. What? You know, I got a thing and Noah to share. You know, when I read about that, I'm like, this is exactly what I sound like when what? I'm talking about Robin Hood. Wait, what? Noah? He, he has this like in the arc? badass, I think he wants it to be Hugh Jackman. Yeah, he has like this badass retelling of Noah that he's been trying to do Noah for years. Noah in the arc. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> There, apparently, he did a comic oh, book Oh, didn't it get turned into I Bought a Zoo? <laughs> it got so watered down by Hollywood. <laughs> no, it's the zookeeper and Kevin James. <laughs> uh, if you can't have a Hollywood blockbuster action <laughs> film based on the biblical story starring Hugh Jackman, then no, you have Kevin James. At least, okay, I swear to God, the top there's Robin Hood. <laughs> no. You're like, yeah, Robin Hood's kind of boring, but whatever, you're into that. Peter Pan... It's like, yeah, that's kind of creepy. And then Noah, it's just like, what? <laughs> See, with Noah, it's just like a total, I'm totally, what the fuck is wrong I'm totally imagining the Rage comic, what the fuck face <laughs> picture right there. Woo! Anyway, we have gotten nowhere near so understanding talked, ourselves. we talked for an hour, and we still have no fucking clue. Oh, no, wait, you know what, actually, we did have two quick questions yeah, from uh, Twitter. Oh, we did have questions for Twitter. We asked the Twitterverse. And two people responded. <laughs> so we have back to last along. week, somebody on, somebody responded to our, on, my Uncharted question on Twitter, and I completely oh, yeah? forgot, it was, was it Toll Cover? Wade be really D. respectful. I think whatever he asked, but this week we were going to answer the two questions <laughs> that people asked. Uh, One was who would win in a fight, Robin uh, Robin Hood versus Peter Pan. Well, see, Robin Hood well, doesn't Robin actually Hood versus Pan. That's right. What? Well, here's the thing: Robin Hood doesn't fight his own fights. He's not a very good fighter. I know. It was so Pan and Peter Pan would kick his ass. No, no, no. no. Well, Peter's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so no, then both. Wait, is this our our Robin Hood? I know. Hood I would assume that's Pan? what. The, oh yeah. I Peter's an idiot. <laughs> Peter's an idiot. A lazy not, idiot. <laughs> Uh, my, you know, my Robin Hood has actually successfully won a couple of fights. That's what I'm saying, so yeah. he has actually killed a dude, so yeah, probably uh, yeah. you... And then, there was the second question? Um, uh, my friend Tyler in Hawaii, um, thoughts on possible interpretation of Peter as a children's psychopomp? Oh yeah, the psychopomp. Uh, yes. Okay, I'm gonna be an idiot here. What's a psychopomp? I had to Google it myself. <laughs> it is, uh, it is, it is this character in, a, in, in, in stories that, uh, uh, very uh, car- uh, spirits. To Here, the I'm going to look it up on Wikipedia. Here, this I'm is gonna, fascinating. This be interesting. Um, this is always the best part of any article where they that say cool, the dictionary but... says <laughs> psychopomps are creatures, spirits, angels, or deities in many religions whose responsibility is to escort newly deceased souls to yeah. the afterlife. Yeah. 
Their role is not to judge the deceased, but simply to provide safe passage. Well, it's it, he's an awful one because it's not exactly safe passage. Well, the original—that's how Peter Pan started. Man, Peter Pan. Like, well, no, because the original Peter Pan didn't he wasn't he like this is some, to some degree was, in the book. Yeah, well, no, he would wouldn't he like kids who were abandoned in the park. There's like, Jam Barry. The original genesis of Peter Pan as a character started off as a I think it was the soul of a dead kid. Yeah, who uh, he haunted uh, Kensington Gardens yeah. in London. Yeah, and uh, uh, in this story that Jan Barry wrote before Peter Pan called The Little White Bird, uh, just randomly one character is entertaining a kid. He comes up with a story about how on this little island in the middle of this lagoon in Kensington Gardens uh, is that's where Peter Pan lives. And when at night, like the souls of whatever kids are stuck on Earth, he'll come out and like ferry their souls to the afterlife. Hmm. We are fucking story to tell in the <laughs> middle of like another romantic love comedy. Creepy fuck and yeah, shit. and like, and so I guess some part of him thought, oh man, that's a great idea for a character. I need to turn that into a whole children's play. <laughs> but then Peter, instead of being like this little, like in the original, in the in, the, in the little white bird, Peter's just like a baby or like, like yeah, because he is a baby. Yeah, because he was a baby who was abandoned. In yeah, exactly. I think he died because he got abandoned by his parents. Whereas like for Peter Pan, he decided to make him actual, like you know, like yeah like 12 year old kid or whatever yeah. and that, but like there's still the insinuation that maybe he was he may be yeah. also a dead kid yeah and like well that's what everyone's written into the thing like maybe like he's like the lost boys are all dead and he like yeah. well see that's I how the whole thing of neverland more... being the afterlife came about see and... i never saw neverland as being you can interpret it that way it doesn't have to be well no 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 but i always the way i always saw is that it's some sort of like attempt to cheat death yeah, because it's well, like you know, the it's, weird thing. it's somewhere in between that they he just plays indefinitely. Yeah, Jam Barry kind of mixed his metaphors there with uh, with Hook being the character being chased by the clock uh, driven uh, yeah. alligator. Hook is not the character who's scared of time. It's Peter. I never yeah. quite understood that. That's yeah. why, like, one thing in my like when I when I think about like my own version of that yeah. story, I'm like. Oh, that doesn't Jam quite make sense. How straighten that out? <laughs> Which I mean, Jam Barry is kind of basing the the dad on himself a little bit, and how yeah. he, how much Jam Barry hated time. He was because well, well Jam Barry is Peter in that degree because he the whole thing is that he didn't he want those boys to grow up. He, he, yeah, exactly. He kind of split himself where he wanted to be a kid and 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 take care of these kids. That mm-hmm. he was friends with, which which helped inspire the story of Peter Pan. But they also, t- uh, at the same time, he he also understood that he was kind of the adult in the situation. Yeah, and he kind of made himself the villain at the same time, and then the yeah. Peter Pan story projected himself into there. And he he himself was not a big fan of. Well, and he he uh, like didn't he start the precedent in the first production of Peter Pan where the father plays um, the same actor who plays the father also yeah. plays Captain Hook. Yeah, and oh man, there's a whole weird story. Yeah, exactly. That that never originates from the very uh, very first production in 1904. And there was this whole weird thing about, like, even the, uh, the the genesis of Peter Pan came about because J.M. Barry was uh, friends with this family. He met a woman. This in shit the is park. fascinating. If you guys don't know about this stuff, there's like a really good BBC miniseries with Ian Holm as Barry. That's that's uh, this book right here, J.M. Barry and the Lost Boys. It is the BBC uh, yeah. TV series that was made in the late. It's 70s really good. Novels. Barry's a fascinating, sad motherfucker. Yeah. Shorthand of the the, the genesis of Peter Pan was J.M. Barry was uh, walking one day through Kensington Gardens and he bumps into a lady and she's got four kids and he's like, oh man, your kids are pretty cool. Like and like they get along well and he's writing kids kids books and stuff before and he just gets gets along really well with her kids and he gets to the point like he starts coming over and starts like entertain like babysitting the kids essentially and then he starts writing stories for the kids 
everyone there. Yeah, every, there's a lot of insinuations of pedophilia that he was in there, like he was doing, like making moves on the kids and stuff like that. Mm, no history ever. Sad. Yeah, even the kids themselves have That's ever come out and said no, that was bullshit. Shit. He yeah. was just kind of like child. He was just kind of like a weird, like underdeveloped personality himself, and yeah. so he just got along with better with kids than anyone else. It wasn't anything shady. But uh, anyway, so the kids started growing up, and like he did start writing uh, more stories for other little kids, and. But, you know, like, the, as the kids got older, they would kind of outgrow him. Yeah. And so there was kind of a weird... that he That's why he didn't care much for... Like, he specifically started writing in the idea of, like, time fucks you up in, in the yeah. Peter Pan, stuff like that. And, yeah, he wrote Peter Pan for those kids. Yeah. Because, like, uh, he actually based it a lot of their own adventures because they'd run around in Kensington Gardens dressed like pirates and go on stupid little adventures and stuff yeah. like that. like and, you do. And, uh, yeah, Peter Pan was lo- largely just him, like, taking these stupid little stories they told themselves while running around playing with these kids... Like, yeah. babysitting these kids and said, hey, I wrote a whole story for it. Like, there's a play now based on, yeah. like, our stories. And, uh, but then the kids all wound up, like, dying prematurely and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, didn't they and, all? Like, one died in World War One. Yeah, one. Wasn't one, one hit yeah. by a train? Yeah, uh, well, yeah, oh, man. Uh, so, one, uh, yeah, the, the, the oldest brother, the first one to outgrow Jam Barry and all mm-hmm. the stories, he went off to World War One, got shot in France. Uh, the, the, the one kid who... Uh, P- Jan Barry really based the personality off of Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the son named Michael. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wound up drowning in Oxford. He was oh, going seriously? to school. He just drowned like he was like swimming or something like that. Man, that fucking destroyed Jan Barry. After that, they said his his shit just shut down after Aww. that. Which does kind of insinuate like maybe he didn't have a little bit of a crush on it. It wasn't just like see not necessarily. I, you can go back and read it. Like yeah, it depends on. It, there are some people who just like they understand children better than they understand anybody yeah, exactly. else. Exactly. That's it's. it's I get open pissed off when people introduce sex to that sort of shit. That's just the kids. Some things the kids have not. always come out and said it was that was weird because yeah. you know, of course they grew up and everyone was always kind of like that's weird. Like you know, forty year old man hanging out with these little kids, right? stories and stuff like that and like that's what kids. i think about you befriending all these young women on the internet bill i know exactly <laughs> that's right that's what you like Jesus. peter pan is like i'm friends with all these <laughs> lady artists on the internet 10 years they're younger than 19. me they're too old for me now. <laughs> they're menstruating i gotta get out of here Dressed like Pedro right now in my brown outfit. But anyway, so the last kid, uh, uh, his name was Peter. He was the name, uh, the one yeah. that uh, P- uh, the Peter Pan was actually named after. Yeah. He he got so tired of, I think it was in the 60s, being so tired of being known as the kid that yeah. was Peter Pan was named after. He got tired of and threw himself in front of a train. I didn't know that's what happened. Yeah, he Shit. committed suicide because he couldn't live down like... Like, of course, the news headlines all the next day were the boy who never grew up dies. And it was just the whole... And, like, Jan Barry himself kind of died kind of sad and heartbroken with all the kids either grown up or dead. And, like, the, the, the... Both the parents of the kids both died super... Well, that's the other thing... Both parents of the kids that he was friends with both died super young, so he wound up becoming their caretaker. Oh. And so, so them dying, it wasn't just like, oh, a friend of a family died. They yeah. were essentially his adopted kids. Oh, man. And so it was just, yeah, it's it's a fucking sad It's a feel-good comedy. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's right. So, yeah. So basically, we want to take these classic children's novels that have some, or children's stories that have a slight degree of sadness and then spin them out into actually sad things. Just giant jet engines right. of melancholy. Well, what I always thought was interesting about Robin Hood is that the Robin Hood legends end with Robin's death. And yeah. that's pretty uncommon when you look... I mean, you know, Arthurian shit ends with death. But, you know, like, but, like, to have this character who... 
where you just kind of skip through his life. Like, he's youthful and badass and charismatic, and then things go well, and then he dies. And that, I always thought that was fascinating. Usually that shit ends with Happily Ever After. Yeah. Night. Okay, and I always wonder sad characters when I was down. I remember distinctly when I was a kid and I first read that story I always I re- remember asking myself why yeah. why is that part of the story why is his death part of it and I think a degree of that is that because he, um, there are a couple of places in England that are quote unquote Robin Hood's grave, Little John's grave, all this stuff. And when it's a person Come in history, lollipops, exactly. Yeah. When it's a person in history and a person with a fixed place in 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 space, like that, you know, people, there's like got to be an end to that. But I always thought that was interesting that we had to like we had to kill Robin. We just couldn't let him go. Yeah, and I thought there was an interesting degree. Just to that. fitting though. I mean, that's yeah. totally like. Well, and what's what I always thought was interesting is that we, the, the it's a very fragmented like thing. We don't have all of the story, but um, uh, he goes to an abbey to have his blood let. Yeah, this is fucked up. And the the um, the abbess or the the nun um, instead of just letting out a little bit of blood, just kills him. Yeah. Just killed him dead. And he re- well, it's poisoned, and um, uh, yeah, and he's dying. And yeah. she tells him, and um, uh, and so he's there with Little John, and so Little John helps him, you know, shoot his last arrow through the window, and where the arrow falls, that's where he's buried. Yeah. And I just thought it was an interesting thing to add, and I don't really know why it's part it's of a nice the legend. coda, though. It is. It is nice, but it's so weird. It's you a know- weird thing. Like, what other like legend has that to it? Yeah. You know, like there's no there's no grand arc to his life. It's just he's an old man and fall apart, and then he's killed. I always thought that was fascinating. Mm-hmm. You know, outlaws don't get to live happily ever after. It's all boils down. That's to why it. you like Butch Cassidy so much and stuff too. It's the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, see, but and, and that would make more sense for Robin Hood, where he didn't die guns blazing. Yeah, that's what I thought was interesting is that he's an old man. He's an old broken man. Kind of like, be careful what you wish for. He like actually yes. ends up like. Yeah surviving and just end up still being sad and alone. And yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! This is why we need to start, yeah, stick to talking about video games. <laughs> That's right. All right, everybody. That was our really high energy fourth episode <laughs> of Boy Howdy, where we talked about... <laughs> we promise we will never do this again. We talked about the fact they're actually emo motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, I'm so sad. You know what I like? I want to think about Peter Pan is death. Is it any wonder we have to anesthetize <laughs> ourselves with video games and comic books so we don't have to worry about our own brains devouring oh, each God other? God damn. Anyway. Let's, next week, let's talk about something that doesn't make me sad. Let's talk about Skyrim. Let's talk about Skyrim. Infinite Dragons. And not, and trying real hard to not <laughs> accidentally be this giant spider. That's what I'm be doing. Do we need to cry now? Is there going to be a oh, little sob fest now? Oh, okay. Poor Robin Hood. Uh, so, yeah, this is a Boy Howdy podcast. Boy Howdy. Uh, we should do the little, uh, we're at Boy Howdy Podcast on Twitter, boyhowdy.org on the internet. Shoot us an email, podcast at, or excuse me, howdy at boyhowdy.org. And um, we love you guys. Andy's going to go drop dead now. Robin Hood. Oh. Rise up on your bed of straw. See if you can bend back your bow one last time. You're sick with your wounds And you think you don't care But you know It'll weigh on your mind And wherever Your arrow falls to the ground
this time. No 